Filmmaker Commentary, episode 80. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All of this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with... KCG Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about Collateral 2004, directed by and produced by Michael Mann, written by Stuart Beatty, um, music by James Newton Howard, director of photography Dion Beebe, and Paul Cameron. Uh, this was in theaters from August 6, 2004 to November 25th, 2004, about 22 weeks. Wow. It was nominated for two Oscars, one Jamie Foxx Best Supporting Actor and Best Achievement in Film Editing. Interesting enough, the mm-hmm. same year, Jamie Foxx was also nominated for the movie Ray. Huh. Yeah, he was nominated for two categories wow. in the Oscars that same year. And of course, we all know he won for Ray. Full circle, full circle. I can't remember what episode that was in. But anyhow, we did, a, uh, we did an episode um, with Ray, so you can go back and check out that Oscar performance, Oscar winning performance by Jamie Foxx. In the previous episode, we had a budget of sixty-five million, box office of two hundred and seventeen million, a hundred million USA, and about a hundred and sixteen uh, for the rest international. That's a win. That is a win. Yeah, good film. Uh, before we dive further into Collateral, let's talk about news and movies watched. It's been about two weeks, so this, this segment is going to be a little bit longer. But what do we have in the news? All right. So uh, one of the things that I, uh, that I pulled up specifically, um, again, you know, it's kind of always coming back to kind of what's happening on a box office standpoint. So Joker has become the first R-rated film to reach $1 billion globally. Really? I've, I've yet to see it, but heard good things. That's impressive. Well, especially, again, we talked about the budget uh, mm-hmm. in the previous, the previous episode, but that is just, man... I, I did not see that coming, but uh, kudos for Warner Brothers in, in DC. That's like mm-hmm. their their past two comic book films, you know, Aquaman and and then now um, Joker, crossing that billion dollar mark. So you know, they're able to quietly make you know make make that money. Yes, indeed. Um, also, I don't know if you if you if you've seen or not the uh, have you seen the, the the did you see the original Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that came out earlier this year. Uh, is and, it? Uh, is it like CGI animated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe at a theater. I don't know what movie they showed that before. Ooh, yeah, I think I like kind of deleted it from my brain. But <laughs> you weren't the only one. There okay. was a lot of backlash when okay. that trailer initially came out, mm-hmm. and so the studio immediately responded to it and said, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fix this." And they went back and they did, okay. and they they changed the whole look. Of Sonic, he looks more like the the video game, uh, and so they, they had to kind of dumb down the animation to make it more cartoon looking. Yeah, more more just a stylistic choice. Okay, um, but it looks good. Okay, uh, it I, I watched the trailer and I was like, wow. Before I didn't have an, any interest in in watching Sonic, I was like, ah, whatever. Because it was more CGI looking, right? If I'm I don't remember, it the, was the it, first. It was one. it was yes, it was CGI looking, and yeah. this one still is CGI looking. Uh huh. But the other one, they tried to go a little too anthropomorphic, mm-hmm. and and it, it got too far away from from the song that people know and love. Okay, and people were like, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> he had teeth, and it looked, he just looked he looked creepy. Okay, okay, I, yeah, I definitely deleted it from my brain. Yeah. I, I remember seeing, it and I was like, not impressed. 
But this this new one, he looks good. Like okay. uh, it's very it, it's kudos to the studio. Okay. For for responding in a good way. So uh, I say that definitely that it's worthwhile uh, checking out that that trailer for um when for is that new due Sonic to, the Hedgehog. When's that due to come out? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is due to so February of 2020 is when it's set to come out. Okay. Jim Carrey playing Doctor Robotnik, James Marsden he's the main lead. But there's a, a image of how he how he looks now. Oh yeah, right. Much better. Yeah, but yeah. Again, I I I dug the trailer. I dug I, even okay. some of the some of the effects. But yeah, I definitely recommend uh, giving that giving that one a look. Uh, also at the box office right now, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, as well as ch- the new Charlie's Angels has both dropped this weekend. Okay, and uh, Ford versus Ferrari uh, is sitting about fifty two million so far worldwide. Which is not, I think, not bad for that that film. Um, and also, there's already buzz around both Charlie's Angels. No, uh, the two the, the two <laughs> actors in Ford versus Ferrari, oh, Christian Matt Bale Damon. and Matt Damon. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's already buzz around both of them. Um, Oscar for, for Oscar buzz. So, yeah, this should be should be fascinating. And this also, like in the news, it was kind of like a, from a couple weeks couple weeks back. Uh, but when the Harriet movie dropped, there was like a backlash. Um, with uh, just kind of like the community, like you got, you know, the black community is kind of divided on the film. Uh, the lead is Cynthia Arrivo. Hopefully I'm saying her name right. And she's a music, uh, British musical actress. And, you know, there was some at first her just being cast in the first place, you know, a British person coming in to do this American historical character. That's an issue. I'm like, that's, that's kind of par for the course, y'all. I mean, you're not complaining about Idris Elba. I don't know. Did, did he play anything in the slave? Any slave stuff? American slave stuff? Anything? I don't. Nah. I don't. I can't recall. What about that, you? So. Tell Ford. Twelve years a slave. Don't know. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's British, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or or, or he's not American. Okay. Uh, that much I can't say. I don't mm-hmm. know. He, my, yeah. I don't know the specific country of origin. And I don't want to guess out of turn, but yeah. Neither was a director on that one. Yeah. Or uh-huh. or. Benedict Cumberbatch or mm-hmm. something like what are we doing here yeah um, I think the black folks kind of in general they vote with their dollars you know everybody votes with their dollars so That's we'll true. say what we feel but I know I didn't go see it or wanted to see it <laughs> I, well but in general you don't want to see those movies from, from my, my, my from no but yeah. I did go watch Django and I remember Tarantino saying that Django's a different vibe it is it's a slave movie and it stuff is made up and same thing with the Harriet. There's made up stuff in there. Sure. That's also what's causing the backlash is because it's, there's some made up things in there that in, in the Harriet movie, I haven't seen it yet, but they were saying there's this character, black guy that's going out, killing other people when other black people. And so that's like a made up thing. And so oh, really? kinda, like a yeah. black serial killer. I think he's trying to hunt down, you know, slaves that are oh. escaping and things like that. So that puts black men already at a bad light. So like when you, when, Things are like that are kind of turned into the movie. It's uh, certain black people are not going to go go watch that, and there'll be a backlash because of that. Because mm. uh, you're going out of your way to kind of again do something for, to black men to make them look a certain way, and then you have to have the white slave, white savior figure always. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's what's kind of causing that. But I think I remember Tarantino saying that when he want, when he was doing an uh, an American slave film, he wants to make sure that. The kids from slavery, the Americans, are playing these parts because they'll be able to draw into something that's not necessarily in the genetics of somebody else. Then you have things like, what's that one brother that has a scar on his face? 
uh, actor, well-known actor. Had from The Wire? Yeah. Mm. Um, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know you know the face. You know, yeah. Absolutely know the face. Uh, but he was in that. He was in uh, uh, 12 Years a Slave. And he talks about how, like, for a moment, he, like, like kind of just broke down crying. It's almost like he was, like, moved into that time period he was just like for like a split second he like felt all the horrors and everything like his and you know the ancestors kind of went through at that one point. it was so much that he kind of broke down crying michael kenneth williams yeah he talks about that experience with 12 years a slave and depending on what you know about genetics things are memories can be passed down through your genetics certain things certain traits can be passed down are passed down through your genetics and i don't know maybe memories as well fascinating um, so yeah, so it was a backlash on that. I don't know. I don't necessarily know what to say. I say, hey, you know, make a good movie. People will vote with their dollars. And sometimes when sometimes yeah, because <laughs> marketing marketing still still plays a role too. They were hitting, but the thing with the Harriet movie, they were pushing that thing heavy. They were pushing it heavy, heavy before it dropped. You know, trying to get the awards, and then also like for a political standpoint, you know, in California, you know, politicians and things attach themselves to certain projects. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that political hand going on there. But people want the movie to win so badly that it's, uh, I don't know what to say. Interesting. I, I hadn't, I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, okay. It mm-hmm. looked it looked interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I didn't realize it had come out. I'm kind of <laughs> been busy. Right. And I was like, oh, you say, I'm like, oh, dang, it's out already? Yeah. Like, I, I thought there was more time. Right. And, you know, sometimes you see a trailer like, oh, there's, because I saw the trailer in the theater. I'm like, usually it's a you know, couple months out. I'm like, oh, it. It's here. It's here. It's here. Whoops. Sorry about that. Uh, my bad. Um, <laughs> one thing I, okay, so just speaking of like just news in general, mm-hmm. you know, one big thing that has happened, of course, uh, since the time of this recording um, is the drop of Disney Plus. Okay. Like, I'll go ahead. All right. I got another story, but I'll do it at the Streaming Wars. Streaming, streaming Wars. wars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a segment. Streaming Wars. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so Disney has officially uh, thrown its hat into the ring of the streaming wars, and yeah. it uh, it is pretty sig- significant. So Disney Plus, their streaming service, uh, dropped last Friday. Okay, and uh, for some, some had some some issues. You know, logging on. I'm like, okay, it's a new thing that just dropped. Yes, there's going to be there's going to be some bugs. Some I think everybody's experience is different. I've had. Little to no issues at all, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of expected. Using it, it's expected if you're having a new service. Absolutely, that millions of people are trying to log in at the same time. Yes, hundreds of thousands, millions. I don't know, but uh, Netflix had the same situation when they dropped. But it was so new that the expectations were kind of low, and they had so few content. I I remember the first time <laughs> using Netflix on my Xbox, and there were l- maybe literally like twenty pieces of material on there wow. to access. Mm-hmm. So Disney drops with, let's just say there's a lot of content, y'all. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of content, a lot of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. How much it. is it again? Um, like I, 699, I, it's like six ninety nine a month. Uh-huh. Um, I paid I paid for the for the annual. Just uh-huh. you know, went ahead and, and dropped it. And, yeah, it's like seventy mm-hmm. something for like the, the 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 year. Some people paid for like a, a two or three year deal up front to keep their price like locked in. Uh, but then also there's a bundle with ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus for like twelve something. Nice. Like, yeah, which is like great. If you don't have cable, I think that's a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have cable, so I was like, ah, it doesn't really work for me. 
So I'm good with my annual subscription. But yeah, it's not only, of course, the, all the Disney movies, the, the Disney stuff from the Disney vault, you know, back yeah. in the day, Disney used to protect their stuff. Oh, is it, you know, from a limited time, you know, get this wow. you know, DVD or Blu-ray right, before right. it goes you know, air quotes for those listening back in the vault. Wow. No, not the vault. You know, now that's not a thing anymore. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's here. You mm-hmm. got so many of the MCU movies, more so than I thought. Like they had mentioned how, you know, certain ones were going to be on there, but they're not all of them are there, but a good chunk of them mm-hmm. are. Uh, some are still kind of finishing their, their agreement or contract with Netflix. Right. Um, you still got Ragnarok and some more things on right, Netflix. Exactly. Uh, and then they, you know, should, should come over. Interesting enough, on a side note, on, I was on Amazon Prime uh, before we started recording, and I noticed that it said, you know, new to Amazon Prime. First Avengers, I think, like, Thor the Dark World, like, like several MCU films okay. popping up on Amazon Prime. I'm like, what are you, what's your, what is your play here, Disney? <laughs> like, are you trying to, like, kind of in, entice? It's like, you're doing that to, to entice? Hey, you want to see more of it? Mm-hmm. Then, I don't know. It, that was fascinating to see. But overall, service has been good. I mean, the fact that it launched with original content there, that's mm-hmm. a new thing from, okay. to, that I, I've, Never seen a streaming service because all the other services were already established and then they started making original content, right? All the other streaming services started with the premise of we're using other people's content and then eventually we get into the game, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix was was the first, right? When they did House of Cards, mm-hmm. that kicked it all off. And then Hulu got in the game with some of their stuff. And HBO. then, well, yeah, well, HBO, yeah. Well, HBO wasn't streaming, was it? they were just a, a channel, right? Mm-hmm. That had original content. Just, there's a premium channel that you mm. paid for, but as far as for streaming, just a straight streaming service, um, Netflix was the first with House of Cards, and then Hulu got in the game, and then Amazon Prime started having their original series and got mm-hmm. in, in movies and got in the game. Disney's the first to drop, from my understanding, they're the first to drop to show up and say, "Hey, we're showing up with our with all of our old stuff and our brands, mm-hmm. but we are dropping day one with original content." Because the Mandalorian, the first episode of the Mandalorian Star Wars series, boom, there, day one. And, and several of their other series that they had toted and mentioned, I'm like, man, they came out the gates. It's crazy, yeah. Because the stream with the streaming services, it's kind of hard to keep up with streaming services. that may not be as popular or marketed. You know, you got BET Plus, you got the Urban Movie Channel, uh, you have the ones like Tubi, Pluto, all these other streaming services that are like under the radar that are making money. But of course, Disney, you know, they, everybody's gonna know about this one. They 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 planned it out. They they I thought they they planned it well. You know, initially when they first mentioned it, I was like, ah, okay, you know, we'll see. But as it got it got closer, now that it's here, which is hard to believe, I'm like man, it's here. And along the way, acquiring Fox, and so you got you know the Simpsons on there and all that kind of stuff. And with some of the movies, and I think this is this is only going to expand with some of their movies. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of the special features. So yeah. like when you see Avengers Endgame on there. You've got deleted scenes. You have additional deleted scenes that weren't on the Blu-ray and the 4K mm. versions that they had kind of held back on. You got a commentary track. Um, I'm a fan of that, of yeah. course. Yes, I want to see that Disney keep that up, make that the norm for all your films. And here's the other cool thing, especially mm-hmm. with with for, for our show. Mm-hmm. If you are moving all your content to the streaming format, and you're going to add the extra features in, right? Why not have it in people? Especially, if it's going to help attract more subscribers for sure. And now, even with older stuff, if you want to add a commentary track, you can simply just, you know, have, have you know, directors come in, record it, yeah. and just simply add it in. Yeah. That that could be a game changer, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, you don't have to abandon the commentary tracks. You can bring them back in for those uh, aspiring filmmakers and just, you know, those, those cinephiles. Streaming Wars. Stay tuned. 
Also kind of talking about, you were talking about Joker, the Joker movie earlier. Recently, there's been protests, Lebanese protesters in Beirut and around the world. Uh, the protesters are painting their face like the Joker, like the Joker movie, dressing up in the suit. And so I remember before we talked about, you know, entertainment versus like what happens in reality. And this is like one of those strange things where the protesters are dressing up as a Joker mm-hmm. and doing their protesting. So that's been recently kind of making the news. You know, iconography, symbolism, you know, seeing him. I mean, again, obviously, it's a super popular movie with as much as it's made. Yeah, billions. But seeing him in that movie as a as a uh, little kind of representing a little bit, a little bit of, of, of anarchy and upheaval mm-hmm. um, and kind of standing up against the system. So it's death and murder, you know, aren't appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But go. but that that symbolism of the of the message of you know standing up and in kind of bucketism when you, you see the movie it, 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 it to a degree it would make sense and again right. just not you know death and murder yeah but um, but to say ah you know we're fighting back or whatever then mm-hmm. it just shows how influential movies are and people were scared what they were scared of uh, initially were you know the white guys going <laughs> to the theaters and shooting people you sure. know that theater was like the serial no, killers yeah. Uh, and the guys that are going out mass shootings and doing stuff mm-hmm. like that, they thought that's what they were kind of protecting other Americans from. But who would have thought, you know, internationally it would have this kind of effect? Joker, I think, is arguably becoming might be the most influential um, like villain that there mm-hmm. is, because, you know, you can go back to Heath Ledger's Joker. How many people cosplay uh, that Joker and whenever and they get very protective whenever somebody else is going to be cast as Joker, they, you know, unfortunately, Jared, Jared Leto didn't give much of a, of a shot with, you know, the Suicide poor, Squad poor stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, in, you know, when once Joaquin was doing this, people were, you know, ah, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, yada, yada, yada. And now, you know, you've got the imitation and the uh, duplication going on. I think with like we're protests, you have the guy um, V for Vendetta, that mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that because I think it showed up in uh, Mr. Robot series. Uh, but people, when they're protesting, you see that mask a lot. So now you have another mask. You have the Joker as well whenever you're doing your protest. The kind of uh, what they were saying is that it uh, communicates something without necessarily saying it. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have anything else in uh, news before we go to trailers and movies? Watch? That's all I've got. Trailers, man. Have you seen any interesting trailers? Aside from Sonic the Hedgehog. Um did we talk about Dark Fate last time? No, I hadn't seen it yet. I, I said I was going to see it. It had come uh, out, and I was uh, like, it didn't do well at the box office. Right, and right. I was like, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I was like, I, I will see it. I said, next time we meet, I, I will have seen it. And I, and I did. I went okay. and, and saw Terminator Dark Fate. Um, I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a, I think it's a solid entry. Mm-hmm. It, it probably, honestly, it's right after, you know, for me, it's Terminator 1, 2, and then 3. This one. Uh, and then this one, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought it was a, a solid entry. Um, it it <laughs> what does that mean? Well, uh, so, so I'm kind of like going back and forth. Like, I don't know if there'll be any more after this, just because uh, of the box office performance. Ah, uh, got you. Which is, you know, it, it is what it is. But it feels very much like the Force Awakens in that they are using a lot of beats from the very first Terminator. Okay. In this one. Okay. To set up. Uh, like a new new yeah. people, new characters. Yeah. yeah, to set up like a like a next like a next generation. Like very much so how the Force Awakens okay. uh retreaded a lot of beats from the earlier Star Wars mm-hmm. movies. So that's the uh biggest thing. But again, but overall overall I overall I enjoyed it. Okay. Um and it's one of those things like again when I saw the first Terminator when I was younger, as I went back, you know, I appreciated it even more. Now I love the first Terminator. So yeah. um it might one of those be one of those things in the course of time 
um, that yeah, we'll we'll see what it is. But yeah, um, you seen any any trailers? There's a trailer uh, called The Invisible Man. Oh my god, <laughs> you might want to check it out. Uh, did you see the first uh, one of the first Invisible Mans with uh, uh, what's his name? Footloose, Kevin Bacon. Yes, Hollow Man. That's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. But he was invisible. Yes, he was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was based based off the invisible. Is you know uh-huh. for the most part based off the uh, the Invisible Man, uh-huh. which I've seen and I, I've 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 listened to the book, uh-huh. uh, which is phenomenal. But anyway, oh, okay, I'm intrigued by this one. Really? Yeah, uh, I like the approach to this version of it. See, yeah, yeah, I will definitely take out the trailer. You want to take it out? We pause. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, the Invisible Man. Um. So yeah, I saw that week or so ago and I was like oh great casting yeah. with Elizabeth Moss she's she's fantastic ah, okay okay uh, yeah man I've always been intrigued with uh, the invisible man and what people would do if Noah could see you you know what I mean what what demented things would you do that's always interesting yeah if you ever get a chance to um, to listen to the book mm-hmm. I actually found it uh, via I found it via podcast on um, on iTunes actually okay. free just a free like reading somebody had you know, done a reading of it, and I found it years ago. And I, on a road trip, I, I I put it on, listened to it, and I was like, "Dude!" It was like I'm driving. I'm like, "Who? Oh, <laughs> is he watching? It's intense. It, it's very intense, but it's you know, it's 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 um, horror slash you know science fiction for its time. Yeah, um, you know, it's based on the on the premise and and what's going on in this dude's mind and how he's trying to survive. Anyway, but yeah. But this is this is a totally different take on it, yeah. which is super interesting as well. Like mm-hmm. that, yeah, what you could do if you were invisible and, and people think you, and people think that you're dead too. So people think that you're dead, you're invisible. So you got free range to do anything, and you're rich. On top of that, man, what? Another trailer. Uh, what's it called? The Bankers. Uh, that was re- uh, David Summons had uh, said, "Hey, check this film out. Take the trailer out." What's it called? The Banker. The Bankers. Uh, with Samuel Jackson and Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Yep. yep, the banker. The banker. So, yeah, I like that film. I like the way the trailer looks. I may not go to the theater necessarily to watch it. I'll wait to hear what people say about it. Another film is The Photograph, and it's a film uh, by Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, love story. Kind of, kind of, kind of has a vibe of Love Jones in a way. You know, it's got that kind of Love Jones vibe. Uh, very beautiful. Looks beautiful. So I'm like, well, my wife checked the trailer out. She's like, I want to watch that. It's like, all right, all right. There might be one that goes, you know, go check it out at the theater. Got to right. show support little, on that little, one. Little date night. Yeah. Some black love out there. Black love. Yeah. But that's all for trailers I've had. And you watch any more trailers? None that readily come to uh, come to mind mm-hmm. that just stood out to me. I feel, I know there's, uh, actually no, because when I, you know, when I went to see Terminator Dark Fate, I, um, by the time I got there and got to the line, it was a, yeah. The, the movie was like was really just starting, so I didn't I didn't catch any trailers timing. on that one. I was like, mm. yeah. Usually, I actually, I, I usually when I'm going to theater, I try to actually not watch trailers. I'm like, I can find them online. So yeah. more like you've already seen them already. Anyway, mm-hmm. you watch any TV shows, any movies in the last couple of weeks? Definitely, I cannot recommend Watchmen. Oh, now. HBO. Yeah, man, it is woo fire. Yeah. Um, in this this week's episode uh, episode five, I heard is supposed to be yeah. Okay, really I need to catch really up. Good. I need to catch up. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been great. Watch one. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I've uh, there's that. I've been watching a lot of a lot of uh, yeah a lot a lot of just YouTube and different like stuff that I follow there. But mm-hmm. uh, Watchmen uh, is it an hour long? The Watchmen each episode or is it like 30 yeah minutes? yeah okay. each, each episode is a is like you know forty or forty or fifty minutes. Okay, um, but I, we just recently watched the uh, series finale of Suits. Oh, okay. Finally, <laughs> finally got that out the way. How was the finality? Uh, it was satisfying. It was satisfying. It's like, oh man, that was, you know, sometimes you wonder about the characters, but it was like, it looks like everybody's ready to go. You know, you can kind of tell that the actors are like, all right, we're done. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. Mm. So much so that the um, the auction was held maybe a couple weeks ago because I did what I didn't know is they shot it in Canada. Ah. Uh, and so every all the office space, all of the clothing, everything was up for auction for sale. Like. This show is done. <laughs> There's no coming back. I remember watching Dexter uh, and then being like, man, I wish, you know, even like fans of Dexter to this day, like, oh, you know, let's continue this thing. Uh, this one, it felt like, yeah, it's satisfying, but it's time to go. It's time to move on. It's nice when a show has a satisfying resolution. When, when the show can go out on its on its own terms. Yeah. Yes. It's is, is always, always nice. Again, for me. The standard at this point is still, is still Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, man. Yeah. How many uh, seasons do you remember? Four or five seasons. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, but yeah. when that when that bad boy ended, I was like, wow, we're done. Yeah, I was, I mean, satisfying. Like I said, okay. I was like, okay, yes, this was this was a great ride and a, a wonderful final destination. Mm-hmm. Happy to move on. Yes, uh, I don't like it when here in America what we tend to do is once there's a hit. Once a show is a hit, we tend to try to like draw more out of it, and like you know, characters like the the originators may not have had. Hey, I had three seasons in mind, you know, and the arcs lead all the way up to that third season. I didn't have like five, six, seven, eight, but we tend to because it's making money here in America. Just like just kill a series, right? Continues to push it, push it. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, what else? Um, I've been on stand up, watching a few stand up uh, on Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Got uh, Christina P. She has a a, a stand up called Mother Inferior. Okay, um, that one was actually pretty good. She's Christina been doing this for like fourteen years, man. She's uh, she's solid though. I've been introduced to her by uh, uh, Joe Rogan and his crew of comedians, and she comes on there and talks to Joey Diaz and all this stuff. So it was like she's like one of the guys, kind of type. You know, nothing really phases her. She knew about the C.K. Lewis stuff and all that. Um, that one was pretty pretty good, you know. I know sometimes women comedians kind of get flack sometimes, especially like, especially I think it was like uh, Amy Schumer, you know, where it feels like sometimes they're not paying their dues. You mm. know, com- comedians can be kind of territorial when it comes to it. like you're not paying, you're not grunting it out in the <laughs> in the clubs. Or yeah, whatever. you're not doing you're not doing the groundwork. You're just kind of using your popularity, kind of shortcut the line and do your specials. In the day, you got to do you. If the opportunity comes your way, you're not. Why not? You, 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 you're going to turn it down. That would be foolish. That would be foolish. You can't tell me that the other comedian who's been paying his dues when their break came, they would say, "No, I need to stay in these in these in these hole in the wall clubs." Right. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. They've got they've got a right to take an opportunity mm-hmm. and succeed or fail uh, like like anybody else. And to yeah. learn, and to learn, and they fail to learn from it. And if yeah. they succeed, also to hopefully learn from it to True. learn how to manage the success. And mm-hmm. so, come on. Come, Come on, on, man. Well, Amy's situation, was she an act? She was an actress first, right? And didn't turn to the comedian circuit? Or was she a comedian? I felt, over I, there? I don't know. I mm-hmm. mean, to me, it seemed like she was a comedian that went that went into, into acting. Uh-huh. That's that's the vibe that I get. But right. I, at this point, 
I'm not sure anymore. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really followed her all that that closely. Yeah. Um, Have you seen I, one of her specials? Never been really, a really big fan of of her uh, of her specials. Just just from the trails that I've seen, I'm like, oh, they didn't they they didn't right. catch me. Yeah. Um, and I've only seen one of her movies, Trainwreck, which I I, I you know I enjoyed Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. That was a fun movie, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was I about to say? I like uh, what Marlon uh, Wayans has done. You know he you know he was film TV all day, mm-hmm. but you know being in the uh, a comedian family, a bunch of comics that are putting in the work that are going and touring. I like how he devoted himself over the last few years to, you know what? Let me develop as a comedian. Let me mm-hmm. go out, see how it feels to bomb, you know, develop my material. And it actually start, it shows on his special. Like, you know, some stuff you're talking about, I'm like, meh. But he, he's getting solid as a comedian. You know, straight up stand-up comedian. Does he have solid. another, a new special on Netflix? Well, I think the most recent was, was, was within, within the last year. I can't remember the name of it. But that one was pretty good. I watched one that was fairly recent, a couple mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe half a year ago now. Yeah. So I wonder if that was that same one. Yeah, I think it was the same one. Okay. And uh, you can see. His development is growing. For sure. You can tell when somebody's been uh, on the road and, mm-hmm. and testing, their, testing their content. It's like, okay, that doesn't work. Let me try something else. Because it's a process to work on your jokes. <laughs> That's not working. Now throw that away. Also, with stand-up comedians, I've been listening to uh, Tom Segura, who was also on. He has specials on Netflix. Uh, he has three specials on there. One's called Disgraceful. The other one's called Mostly Stories. And the other one's called Completely Normal. You actually see his weight change. You see him from being like a heavy set guy to like getting in shape over the course of these three That's <laughs> specials. Cool. And that one's hilarious. It was a good one. What about you, man? You been watching some more movies? Not really. Again, Disney Plus, man, I've been, obviously, I've been doing some nostalgia. Yeah. You know, kind of a little, little, little bit of 90s Spider-Man, which your boy will love. Oh, yeah? Because, all, man, that, remember, do you remember 90s, the 90s Spider-Man? Oh, 90s Spider-Man. Uh, oh, the cartoon. Yeah. Animation. I was thinking uh, Spider-Man 1. What year was that? Was that 2001 or something like that? Yeah. Okay. One, yeah, 1. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, like the 90s cartoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they've got, they've got, there's, there's a lot of Spider-Man on there. There's Spider-Man um, for days. Like when you, when you literally go in, like from a, just from a cartoon standpoint, yeah. we're talking 90s X-Men. We're talking Spider-Man and his amazing friend from the 80s, Spider-Man from the 80s, wow. Spider-Woman from the late 70s, early wow. 80s. Mm-hmm. We're talking um, Fantastic Four from the 90s, Iron Man from the 90s, Hulk from the 90s. There is so freaking much. We're talking We're talking uh, Avengers, Earth, Mightiest Heroes from the mid-2000s to Dang. Avengers Assemble from too much. now. How many hours is that? It's a there's a, a lot that is <laughs> Years. there. Years. I wonder it, how long it took them just to uh, uh, digitize this and put it on this platform, on the servers and things. I wonder how long that took. I think it's, it's already. I think it's already been digitized because you yeah. could like because through Amazon you could buy because again I I own oh, the first two available. yeah I owned the first two seasons. So I literally mm-hmm. just bought this freaking year, which kind of take. I, I bought the first two seasons of, of X Men the animated <laughs> series. Yeah, and then they announced within the past month that that was going to be on Disney Plus. I was like. Oh. <laughs> Come on, get my money back. But I'm like, ah, you know what? It's 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 still <laughs> enjoyable. So so I've been going through. You know, I'm going through my '90s X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, again, you know, I like musicals. So I, I literally went and pulled up Tailspin and Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Dang. Just listen to the theme song. <laughs> or was that Ducktales? That was that, that, that was, was a remix. Yeah, that was that a, was a remix. Uh, that was Ducktales. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. So no. So I went in just to listen to the theme song. Damn. From Tailspin. Wow. And the outro. 
Because mm-hmm. that is, <laughs> yeah, like, yo, it's my jam. Uh, so just to listen to those. And then I went and put on a little mermaid, just listen to um, part of that world. I don't know why. Love that song. Love music. Cause I was like, I, so I hear that cut. All right, I'm good. All right, come out. All right. What's next? In so just, yeah. So just all over with Disney plus. And I did, I did watch the pilot of the Mandalorian. Is that good? It was enjoyable. Okay. And I, I don't consider myself a huge Star Wars fan. Me neither. I'm, I'm very much so a casual Star Sorry Wars fan. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. I, I, I want to I be on it and know what's going on for mm-hmm. the sake of conversation. Right. Um, I respect the lore. I think it's awesome. There's no, no um, denying the impact that it has. Uh, I like the original ones better than you know any of the other stuff that's come out. The, the original trilogy is, I, love, I, I dig that a lot. Um, and some of the cartoons. Some of their cartoons... Uh, the uh, Star Wars, the, the Rebels cartoon that they yeah. had was was actually I, I I was surprised how much I I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, video games. My son likes some of the video game stuff. Yo, yeah, they've had some. That's awesome. what makes it fun. The video game you can choke somebody out with your hand. Playing a Star Wars game is, that's different. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, <laughs> son. That was <laughs> yo. That paved the way for um, Mass Effect and all that kind of stuff was mm-hmm. anyway. But for, yeah, first episode of The Mandalorian, I was like, okay. And, and, and where it ends and what it's like, you're like, oh, wait, because it's set, you know, in a different in a different time. It's set earlier than what than where the movies are now. This is set before then. Okay. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's interesting. But it, look, it looks good. Like, they're spending big money. It, it looks and feels like Star Wars. Whoa. But in HD, like, Nice production value, but it, it looks it looks good. Wow! So this so. is the pilot, and then one of the other second episode already came out, okay. I, I, which I was surprised. I was like, "Whoa, okay!" So I don't know if, if it drops on Fridays. Maybe that's when the new episodes drop for that particular series. Uh, Got to keep people hooked in, man. Oh yeah! So they're not just dropping it all out at the same time. No, they're, they're gonna. They're, like it's HBO. gonna. It's gonna come out. Um, chron- not chronologically, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Weekly. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, week weekly, mm-hmm. uh, episodic. Uh, episodically. Yeah, we'll say weekly. Mm-hmm. They're gonna drop it. That's uh, cool. Also, they had a nice little piece on there for, you know, because they have multiple MCU shows that are gonna be coming on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So yeah. at D twenty three, they showed footage and brought you know the actors out and all kind of stuff. Right. They had a nice mo- like a like a fifteen minute montage called Expanding the Universe that they have on Disney Plus that they showed mm-hmm. off. Which was great to see because if you didn't go to, to, to D23, you would not have seen this footage. Uh, and so it was awesome to be able to see it. And they had it just you know, cut together. And I was like, yeah. So that's going to be <laughs> fascinating to see in the future. Will Disney use this platform for when they have special events or stuff at Hall H at uh, Comic-Con? Makes sense. That's, makes that's exclusive. Will they just put it on, on Disney Plus for people to see? They're already paying for it. so Yeah, or to get new subscribers. Like, the, like you can only exclusively see it here. Yeah. So yeah, man, they've brilliant. Yeah, man, they're doing some things, man. Uh, Owning your own platform is key. My last movie watched um, recently, Hoopla. I've been t- talking about Hoopla. Just if you have like a library that carries these uh, digital streaming services, uh, Hoopla is a good, good little uh, app that has movies you might have forgotten about. And one I had forgotten about was Super Size Me Too. Um, in 2017, it was supposed to drop, but if you remember, Morgan Spurlock had his own kind of situation with the Me Too movement and kind of stepped down from his company for a while. Because originally, Super Super Size Me Too was supposed to launch with, uh, I think, YouTube Red. Like, like it was going to be this big like rollout. You know, it's going to the festivals, all that. You know, and just kind of show everybody what's going on. But what ended up happening is that he stepped down from his company. He put himself out there like, hey, you know, there's some things I need to address in my life. I'm taking myself 
away before he got exposed by anybody. He just decided to do that. Um, just being transparent, you know, he had some alcohol issues. Mm. And so he's kind of just been kind of missing for a year and a half, two years. And, you know, he had a production company with like 60 something people and like literally overnight, everybody kind of like abandoned ship. Dang. Yeah. So I went on Hoopla and saw it was up there. I was like, what the heck? Like, and it just recently dropped in September. Like the movie re- officially released everywhere in September, went to a couple theaters or whatever. And then, uh, he did a deal with uh, Sam Goldwyn, who holds the right to Super Size Me, the original Super Size Me, and their uh, renewal rights were up. Uh, I said, "Hey, you want to you know, you want to renew the rights to Super Size Me?" They wanted to do that, and then why not just release Part Two since it's already ready to go? Huh? So they released it, and it's uh, it's pretty good. And you saw that on Hoopla. Hoopla. I'll have to check check out that. It's a so is it. Uh, is it a streaming service where you has ads, or do you do you do you pay a monthly fee, or it, what's, um, what's the? I'm not sure structure? if you have to pay, but if you are, um, so with our library, all we have to use is our library card to get access to it. Gotcha. But I don't know if you can pay. I haven't looked and see if you can pay for this service separately. I don't know if it works that way. Okay, yeah, I've, I've got, I've got, I've got a library card. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, support your local libraries. Yes, <laughs> yes, man. They are they are free and they are a fountain for content. Dude, then also with our library, we got access to lynda.com tutorial stuff. Like, there's mm-hmm. a, it's pretty brilliant. The library, how they pay for it is because they have a budget to pay for um, DVDs, Blu rays, and things like that. But then Blu rays and stuff get used up so quickly. <laughs> you play, I don't know if you ever played a Blu ray from the library. It is tragic sometimes. Mm. Like, so for me, sometimes it just never plays, it just keeps spinning. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Starting sometime soon. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened twice. Uh, uh, so coming them, this fall. <laughs> I put in a Blu-ray. Said coming this fall. What is going on here? <laughs> like wow. Um, so them having a digital service is awesome. Yeah, uh, and then you know allows me to look at comic books, uh, books, uh, audio books, all through this platform. Now you're just using it on a tablet. Are you using it on a on a on a on a on a, on a, on a, on a uh, computer on a smart TV? Right or? now on the desktop, uh, but they do have an app, so you can just. You know, download the app and access it that way. Okay, I gotta see if, if again, I gotta see if the Arlington Library is connected. Because I know, I know, mm-hmm. in your side of town, uh, in your city, mm-hmm. uh, it was. So I'll have to check it out again. Yes, indeed. So they pay for these streaming services by the minutes watched. So the library, if you watch certain minutes, then they pay the distributor or whoever's giving it to them a certain amount of money for that time, huh? Yeah, and then it works out. It's better. You know, you pay for what you use. Mm. Last thing that I, that I that I had watched. What is it plus? Was uh, the show called uh, The Runaways. Okay. Which b- one of the few reasons why I was considering to get Hulu was to watch this show. It's a it's a it's a Marvel show mm-hmm. based on a comic book called The Runaways, which is a w- wonderful wonderful comic that came out years years ago. But the original uh, premise was is was cool. Their three seasons in, like their their third season is getting set to to drop. Mm-hmm. So I was not expecting. Runaways to be on Disney Plus, like wow. was not, and then but when I, I was like, "Yo, it's here!" So I'm I'm two two episodes in on that and digging like they they the cast they have so far they are man it's it's a good cast as far as like their how 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 faithful they seem to the the characters in the original book mm-hmm. and even you know obviously the book's called Runaways so they're they're, they're our parents as well they're actually mm-hmm. flushing out the the parents more which is which is cool it's a big it's something that's not, not flushed out as much in the comic so seeing the, the parents mm-hmm. be flushed out more in their stories it's, it's very uh, it's, it's it's intriguing so far so I'm looking forward to uh, to more so much content Disney cut us a check mm. you're welcome
Is that it? That's it. All right. Let's tune back into the show. Thank you for tuning in. We're talking about Collateral in 2004, directed, produced by Michael Mann. Let's go into the synopsis. After a long day, L.A. taxi driver Max is about to end the day when a sharp-suited Vincent offers him $600 to make five stops. Sounds good until Vincent turns out to be a merciless hitman and each one of those stops involves a hit. As the night goes on, Max starts to wonder if he'll live to see the sunrise. As the pair are hunted down by the police and the FBI. Collateral. Read it all. Yes, indeed. For violence and strong language. And if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. How did you watch this movie? So back in 2000, maybe 11, mm-hmm. um, you had told me about it. Yes, sir. It was not on my radar. Didn't I think I maybe seen a trailer for it or something like that? And so uh, you actually let me borrow uh, a copy of your DVD, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and I was like, "Man, this is really, really good." <laughs> I, at the time, I, I watched I watched quite a bit of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff, and seeing you know the the training that Tom Cruise went through and all that, and um, yeah, I, I found it to be very uh, impressive. So this is my second time seeing it. How about yourself? Yeah, likewise, man. Uh when I mentioned it back then, this one of those performances by Tom Cruise. I'm like, more people need to be talking about this. Like, he should have been nominated as well. You know what I mean? But it was Jamie Foxx year. Let's keep it real. It was Jamie Foxx year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, it, I, I watched it back then and then watched it this time around. So I didn't watch it in 2004 when it was everywhere in the theaters and things like that. Same thing with Red and go to. I'm, did I go to the theaters to watch? I can't remember what the race situation I talk about in the episode, in the last episode, but this time around, I watched it with the wife. And she like she said this is like one of my favorite movies. Oh wow, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, she said this is one of my favorite movies just because of like all the metaphors that are happening in there, like like subcontext, but layers. Yeah, I actually enjoy watching this time around and seeing it through her eyes. Mm-hmm. What about the commentary in this uh, in general, and then uh, special features? Did you check any of those special features out? Um, I didn't. I didn't really. Well, no, actually, no. I did. I did. I, I rewatched the the documentary, the making, the making of. So once again, them going in and just, you know, Michael Mann is so detail oriented. He's right. so he's so big on the characters and their backstories. Mm-hmm. I mean, go, going down to where Vincent was born in Chicago, his relationship with his dad, you know. His training, Tom Cruise going through it and learning how to fire live rounds. He had never, from what I understand, hadn't shot live ammo before. Yeah. And so, you know, was getting into it. When you see him, he's out there, pop, pop, pop. Tom Cruise is dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is. man is dangerous. He's <laughs> He's got the training, man. Like, yeah. But yeah, just seeing that. And then, and then with Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx is such a chameleon uh, in and of himself. He, for me, when I see him play different roles, like, like this role in particular, I, I don't see... You know, Jamie Foxx, I see the character. Yeah, he's not he swagged can take out. Me, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he takes me into the character. Well, I see the I'm not seeing Jamie Foxx play Max. I'm seeing Max. Yeah. Same thing in The Celloist. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen The, the Celloist with him oh, and Robert Downey no. Jr. You never go full. Okay, well, I, I didn't think I didn't. I didn't I'll have to go back. And I watch never it. watched. I, I, I saw oh. the trailer. And just made assumptions. <laughs> we were talking about tropical thunder last night with some people. Were hanging out with. Oh man! Um, but no, it, yeah, it's, it's it's a great performance. Okay, uh, 
<laughs> uh, we don't make those. <laughs> but uh, Jamie Foxx, credit mm-hmm. to him and his acting. I totally see why he was uh, why he was nominated. Yeah. Uh, and then Jada Pinkett, man, she's just she's got this way that she connects with people, especially yeah. like in, in, in a romantic way where she could just be so subtle, but like the connection is just like there. And yeah, so yeah, good performances and some nice some nice cameos. This movie is chocked full of of, of cameos. Uh, with actors, with some great actors. True, uh, but True. I didn't, I didn't recognize the first time. This time, I was like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey!" Got hey. Buffalo up in there. And so enjoyed those special features. They they had the um, the behind the scenes. They had a um, a visual effects uh, sequence, kind of showing on the MTA sequence how they shot that with green screen, which now is just a movie. That's just a day in the life of green screen. But back then, you know, it was a big deal. Mm. They had some deleted scenes, but I didn't check any of the deleted scenes out. They had commentary with it. I didn't check any of those out. Mm-hmm. Though. I think I did the first time through, but not not this time. Yeah, yeah it's not. It doesn't have too many special features, but it does have just enough, you know. And that documentary that's behind the scenes, that one it's gave like forty a, minutes. Yeah, they gave a lot of insight. I mean, I yeah. think that's enough. Yeah. And uh, the commentary itself, Michael Mann seemed a little bit more into it, you know, mm. uh, versus I think the Heat one that we went over last time. I think because there's maybe because there's, there's so many characters and, and, and it's cutting back and forth. And again, the Heat itself is, again, I feel it's a little too long. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this, this feels pretty succinct. You know, yeah. when this ends, it ends. You know, it's done. Heat yeah. feels like it has like almost like two or three endings to it. Yeah. Like um, fourth act or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it feels like this is a little more succinct. So then the commentary seems to, it feels like it hits, it hits right and in, in, in rings true. And again, he knows his stuff and he's able to explain the setups for the shots. Like when he's talking about, you know, the, the car that they wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, um, when they get the car to flip over when, you know, when Max crashes it and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, he's, 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 he's thorough. True. Very, very thorough. Almost like a um, Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, so much knowledge, though, just about different topics and areas sure. it very they'd be two very fascinating people just to sit down and have a conversation with and i didn't realize how old michael man is he's like 76 that to me that rings like yeah i saw him and i was like oh he's he's a, he, yeah he looks much <laughs> older but i makes i guess it kind of makes sense just mm-hmm. with as much experience as he has and as, as much knowledge that's there mm-hmm. but yeah i didn't think i didn't know he was that old i yeah. thought maybe six you know maybe like yeah. 60s yeah you know mid to Early to mid sixties, we're like, oh, he's up there. Wow, life. Yeah. How did you feel about the tone, overall tone of the piece? Because we open up with showing the MTA, right? Is that what we're, we're opening up with? That we see mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, guy drops off a bag, and then we're also introducing Jamie Foxx world, like all in the montage of a couple minutes. There seems to be like this uh, overall like tone of, uh, of like solitude. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of, even though they're together for a good chunk of the movie they're both about their own worlds and what, and what they normally do even though they're around people mm-hmm. what they what they both do is fairly seems fairly lonely has degrees of isolation e- even with with Anne uh, with her job and what she does though yeah. she's going on defending there are, there seems to be a lot of isolation uh, and solitude yeah and, and when we're getting there the characters that we're introduced to they're straight to business you know they're at work <laughs> mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is preparing for his job we don't know what it is yet uh, we see, you know, Jane Fox, and it's cool visually how uh, Michael Mann shows his character without saying anything, showing how he's keeping his car clean, things straightened up, how precise they are. We get introduced to uh, uh, Jada Pinkett's character, and she has like, like kind of like the delivery of an uh, uh, an attorney. 
mm-hmm. how she did it. Like, oh, uh, oh, she's willing to. Uh, all right, you were right to say you were right, and it kind of seems like as an attorney you would be like that. Mm. Uh, what do I get? You owe me. Da, da, da. And of course, we've been watching Suits for quite some time, so you kind of mm, see that. Kids, huh? Yeah. So yeah, it's like we're straight. To, this is a, a a day in the life of somebody working, right? And even with that, I mean the. You know, time is so is so critical. Yeah. I mean, in this film, it, it is succinct. We are dealing with like a eight, what a six to eight hour period of yeah. of time. Yeah. Uh, that that's going on for style. I have like just from a a visuals kind of standpoint. It, at times, especially when it's starting out, it's like a handheld. You got the handheld style, and of course, it's shot digitally, anamorphic mm-hmm. with the Sony F nine hundred, which uh, kind of allowed. Michael Mann, what he says, like the see into the dark. Yeah, yeah. and he mentioned that a couple of times. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's super fascinating to see. You know, that was like kind of before its time and being able to do that. And you can kind of tell that it's digital on certain part, parts sure. of it. This the, the technology wasn't isn't as great as it is right now. Exactly. It feel, yeah. it, at times it feels a little, a little, it, feel, it feels like early digital. Yeah. Um, but it served its purpose, though. It did. It did. There's a lot of, early on, there seems to be like a, like a, a some noise. Um, Heck yeah. A lot of see. noise. I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is a little noisy. I mean, back then you're talking this camera, you're talking about $100,000. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't say about like $100,000 for this camera, something like that. Um, to achieve that same look, you can get a Sony AS7 for like sub 2000 bucks, mm. and it will shoot crisper than you're seeing in this film into the night. So much so that you can use the moonlight as your key light. Wow. Come on, people, the moon is out. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else on that one? Um, you, you hit you hit the main thing, again, the, the shot digitally on the Sony camera, the widening lens. Um, there's, I mean, overall, there's still like a, a dark, um, you know, it's, it's a darker looking film. Similar, similar, I think, to, to Heat. It's like things are, you know, wow. fairly dark and, and muted, cooler, cooler tones for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and the style with the, to kind of add to that, uh, with the suit. The suit that Tom Cruise is wearing, it's a gray suit. It's yeah, kind of exactly. dull, kind of like, I think it was Al Pacino's character. Yeah, blend in. Mm-hmm. Like, seem like an everyday guy. Right. Uh, everyday, older, business white guy. They're yeah. just going about their day, you know? Nothing nothing sociopathic about them. At all. We'll let them just go, go, about, their, go about their day. <laughs> and, yeah, that's interesting to see. Themes. What you got for themes? Uh, chasing perfection. Uh, it seemed like an all, all, all three in there given professions they are trying to be uh efficient or trying to putting so much pressure on themselves Mm -hmm. you know jamie fox with starting that limo business putting so much pressure on themselves to want to be perfect but not actually making the moves to to do it Mm -hmm. um but good at what he does as a cab driver absolutely Mm -hmm. but but so saying that you know hey uh, 12 years you know, been waiting to 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 do this thing and (laughs) and i think at one point might even wants to say that he might even say he might even have said that it needs to be, you know, perfect. You know, oh, that's um, true. Uh, and Anne's character, J- J- Jada Pinkett Smith, saying that when she's preparing her notes the night before her opening statement, she she gets this this thing that comes over her where she'll you know feels like she's going to be almost like discovered or found out that she's you no know, not who she says she is. Yeah, and then she'll, she'll cry. Yeah, she'll oh. cry and go through all this, and then she'll rewrite the opening statement. You know, you know, recompose herself, come together, and then be ready to, to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince's character, kind of talking about you know, whether it was fully a lie or not, but talking about like his his his, his you know, potentially like his dad beating him, and I may be bringing in some things from the um, 
making of. Yeah. But, uh, it's talking about kind of who his, who his dad was and, how, right. you know, and kind of shaping who he is and maybe what he has to prove and, and, and just his, his, his nihilistic point of view that like none of it matters yeah. when, you know, it does, it does, it does matter, but he's trying to convince himself so, so much, uh, maybe to numb himself from all the, the killing and the, and, and the death. Mm-hmm. trying to trying trying to become a perfect killing machine with like almost no emotional ties. Yeah, kind of. You were talking about the behind the scenes, the documentary um, with Jada Pickett's character uh, was based on a real attorney, and the, that attorney was talking about you know what she goes through. So I like the realism of that's right. They were able to bring to these characters like man, it feels real. And they shout out uh, he he had, um, also had two cab drivers. That, yeah. he had, that he had he had had, had, had worked with and and and, and talked mm-hmm. with and talked about the one who just took so much pride yeah. in being a cab driver. You have a uh, a theme of adaptation. Um, I wrote down social Darwinism, which is like just natural selection and survival of the fittest mm-hmm. in regards to sociology and politics. And then like just a final theme of remorse. You know, oh man. Tagging along and kind of partnering with, with with some of those themes again, you had you had the adaptation. I I had Im, 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 improvisation. Yeah. Um. I had I had a, a delusional dream. Ultimately, like Max's dream to start that limousine company. May, at the end of the day, maybe a delusion because he's mm-hmm. so focused on trying to get that perfection. Maybe he'll he'll never actually pull pull the gun on it. Yeah. And and maybe even for Vince's character, maybe disillusion in thinking that he can totally disconnect from being human. Mm. Or, or thinking that he's invincible and that he'll never die. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I had, you know, ni- uh, nihilism versus hope. Again, mm-hmm. that's just their two conflicting uh, philosophies. Yeah. Um, decisive versus indecisive. Yep. Which, again, sure. when they meet, that's, you yeah, know. It's perfect. That's perfect writing characters that are on the opposite end of the spectrum that meet each other. Mm-hmm. That's drama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and begin to, you know, impact each other um, as well. So, yeah, those are the themes that I had. Got any tropes? Tropes. Uh, the loser saves the day. <laughs> you know, black, I put black and white contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, again, having two characters that are, that are so different in all the different ways that we mentioned already with those themes. And then, yeah. you know, having one be black, one one, one be white. You mm-hmm. know, you got the, the the everyday working black guy and, you know, the white guy in the suit that, that you know, shows up. Even though they're both more than they, they you know appear to be, but it's still a still a trope. You know, True, black guy and white guy put together in this situation. Oh, again, going back to that gray suit, hiding in hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that just looks good and professional in there, but they're really just hiding in plain sight. And I put uh, the Tom Cruise run. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, ah, mm-hmm. there it is. Run, Tom. They were run. running for real. Uh, uh, my only trope I had was just the, uh, trying to convince the bad guys that you're a bad guy too. You know, mm. we've probably seen that scene before, um, but then find finally the the guy gets his balls, you know, his courage. Mm-hmm. We finally see that 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 turning point in the character. Drop quotes, man. What you got for quotes? I've got a quote of um. So when the guy. Falls onto his cab and he's like, ah! and, and then he says, "Hey man, you alright?" <laughs> Clearly, that man is dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Oh my, oh my bad." <laughs> you know what do you do when a, when a body falls onto your cab and crushes it? It's like it, it's such a nonsensical response, but it's an extreme situation. It's so crazy. just to be able to have concern but shock. Hey, hey man, you alright? <laughs> In that scene, uh, just kind of teed up a little bit. Uh, Jamie Foxx's character has dropped, has pulled up in the alley, dropped uh, Tom Cruise's character off, 
And then while he's waiting on him, the body <laughs> falls from the sky onto his cab. And so Jamie Foxx, he's he's concerned. Yes, <laughs> yes he is. I I had put a quote on that one, but he was like, "Oh no!" The way that he says it, <laughs> he is scared for his life, as he should be, as 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 his character absolutely should be. When it, when when they are pulled over by the the cops, mm-hmm. and and Tom Cruise is kind of just. He's intimidating, but also trying to coach, trying to motivate Max to get rid of these cops. Right. He's begging rid of them, you know. He's like, hey. He said, don't let me get cornered. You don't have the trunk space. It's like, yo, <laughs> that is funny and dark. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, the uh, Going back to the scene when the guy falls onto the cab, um, uh, Vincent, he's helping uh, Max put the dead body in the trunk of the cab. Um, and then uh, Jamie Foxx, he, he's like, hey, man, just, just, just keep the car, you know, you, just keep the car. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even check on stuff like this anyway. And then uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise, his character was like, promise not to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with his emotions. <laughs> he, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the car, man. What are you, t- <laughs> uh, you You alluded to it earlier uh, when Jamie Foxx makes the, uh, when Max makes the bet with Annie. And then when she finally says, go ahead and say it. Yeah, you know, just go ahead and say it. This the chemistry between those two. I just, yeah, I just love that. She's kind of just con- conceding to it, and but it's just this, this wonderful, playful flirtation between yeah. these these two really smart brothers and sisters. You know, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Michael, man, make it right. <laughs> <laughs> How you treating the brothers, Mike? Yeah. When uh, Vincent is on like his second or third, I don't know how many people he's killed by then, um, and Max is like just tripping <laughs> what are you doing man <laughs> um uh, tom cruise is like if it makes you feel better he was a criminal mm. <clears throat> continuing on a, a criminal enterprise <laughs> like just paints it so he so Lex can feel better well yeah whatever it takes to get him just to keep going along so when he uh when the flowers are, are given to max's mom and she's like what am i gonna do with flowers and then when she finds that vince bought them for her oh, oh they're beautiful <laughs> Like, oh man! When she says that, um, I don't know if I wrote down a favorite scene, but when she says they're beautiful, because uh, Tom Cruise, his character's not paying attention to her really. He's like looking at his watch, like mm, we gotta hurry up. Soon as she says that, he looks at it like, oh, he straightens up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, like he, his body turns towards her, but then they cut to uh, Jamie Fox, and then his arms literally drop. Like, yeah, what do you what? His body language. And Michael Mann makes mention of it in the commentary, just like what mm-hmm. he does with his eyes, especially uh, I, I love when he when he fires back and says, like, don't talk about me like I'm not here. Yeah. I love that. And then she proceeds to continue. What did he say? Oh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. Man. Come on, moms. <laughs> man. Um, when, uh, right before that scene, when they're going into the hospital, and he's like, you not going to get your mom any flowers? Yeah, she don't like flowers. We say it's like a waste of time, or mm-hmm. she don't like flowers. And he's like, she carried you in her womb for nine months. Like, what does this come from? Like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, this is like a, like, what do you care? Exactly. And, and you, <laughs> and you, you wonder what, is it, a, is it an angle, you know, that he's playing, mm-hmm. um, with the intention of, of kind of maybe having that happen to kind of just, you know, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe just kind of make things just go smoothly while they're there right. so they can get in and get out. Or, you know, is that something that really is important to him because he has such a bad relationship with his dad? Oh, you know what? I think in the backstory that Michael Mann mentions in the behind the scenes stuff, they mentioned that maybe Vince's mom died giving she, birth to him. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And so, yeah. 
So at, when before knowing that backstory and you just watching the film, mm-hmm. it's like, why would he say that? You know, there's something there, but you can't really figure out why would he would say that. Yeah. You don't know if he's playing with them or what. But in but actuality, is. this is like, you know, he there's a this is a void missing in his life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was true. You know, he his mom died giving birth to him. And so he ended up with a deadbeat dad. Abusive father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aha! Yes. Uh, one of the quotes, one of my last ones is this. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise character was like, what the F are you doing still driving a cab? All it took was a down payment on a car. Mm-hmm. This late, like, truth bomb. Because they were going at it, you know. Max was drilling in him, kind of threw him off his game a little bit. Then he said, you should be doing this. You bullcrapping this mm. all the time. Favorite scenes. You got any favorite scenes? Favorite scenes. Um, again, meeting Max and Anna, um, meeting their characters initially when they have that cab ride. Lovely scene. Uh, the cab ride with who? With Anna. Annie, excuse me. Annie. Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Jada's character? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just going to add to that. When like, There's a shot when she's looking down, and then she looks up, and the way she looks at him is like, oh, she kind of like melts the screen a little bit. And I was like, mm-hmm. she does a lot with her eyes. It was like, yes, she it, does. I think Michael Mann was like, he like, she melted me or, you know, this he way. said that. He like, said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, in the behind the scenes, when you watch the little documentary, you get to see those two like auditioning and, mm-hmm. and working together. And man, yeah, Jada, man. Yeah. Have her across from me as a lead lady when she like turns it on. Irresistible. Yep. The, one of my scenes that I like is when uh, Vincent saves Max. I say, yeah. Um, I guess because Max is in the, he's tied up to the cab. And he's like, help, help. And these guys like rob him basically. And then mm-hmm. Max kind of retrieves his briefcase and all that. But just seeing how Tom Cruise has become this character and everything's like mechanical and it looks appropriate. Yeah. Like, dang, he knows what he's doing. Cause like when he pulls from his hip and he like has the hand kind of blocking the bullet, the, what are they called? The, uh, the cartridge release. Not the cartridge, cartridge release, but the, the shell. Yeah, the shell is coming from the gun. He like That hand is there to kind of protect it from hitting your eyes. And you can kind of see them flinging out of it. <laughs> like, this dude is doing this for real. Man. That was great. Yeah. Because, yeah, I had that as my, my next favorite scene. And just like, because once he does it, it's like, you know, and he does it in like in, in like one point something seconds. Like the, the, the amount of time he does this in, killing both these guys is just is just nuts. And then I just, just in fact, just out of spite with that last guy, he's like, ah. It just yeah. you know, just it shoots off. You just know, to make sure he's one dead. more. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's more even like just annoying. It's like jerk. Yeah, and I think that's his uh, his character's pattern is two shots to the chest, one to the head, double tap. Bye bye. Tom Cruise, the way he's playing the scene, he's like always alert. So he's like in his brain, he's like, okay, this is twenty five thirty seconds since they've heard this gunshot. He's like real efficient with time. Let's get up out of here. Mm. It's cool to see him act that out. It would be fascinating to see like something with like his character and uh, Denzel's character from The Equalizer. Oh, I was like, like setting time, like bam, 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 bam. That's true. Have they done a movie together? Tom Cruise and Denzel. Yeah. Hmm. Food for thought. I don't think so. Um, Too much money. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough money to actually shoot this after we paid you guys. Mm. Uh, along, along the lines of a scene, so when Max is getting trying to play like he's like he's a you know a badass and he's like he, and he tells the other guy to call off his henchman, you know, and uh, you know takes his takes his glasses off. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Like, he, he starts flexing. It's like <laughs> okay, okay, finding finding that your 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 inner gangster. <laughs> uh, the look of regret when Max doesn't get the phone number from uh, Jada Pinkins' character uh, when he was just looking like. 
And then why he was like, bro, you didn't ask for the number. I, I'm pretty sure we've been there before. You didn't. There's a connection, but for whatever reason, you just decided not to. You don't close the deal. You don't close the deal. But she saves you. She comes back and is like, hey, you know, just in case. And gives him the cards. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that look of regret is very interesting. But that's also, you know, that's also like extra affirming. Because like, then you're like, okay, then there's no room for doubt. Okay, you know, what was she into me? Or was it just, you know, was she just being nice? You know, because it's the nature of whatever. But when she comes back, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Vincent, when uh, when they pulled over, when they pulled over by the cops because the car is damaged. All this blood on the windshield. The one of the police officers are telling everybody to get out the car. You know, hey, you get out the car. You got to impound this because you can't, it can't. You can't drive around this car in this kind of shape. And there's a body in the cab that they have not discovered yet. Hmm. Uh, but Tom Cruise, if you look at Tom Cruise when he's getting out the car, the way he looks, he is prepared to shoot this cop. Absolutely, you can see it in his eyes, and he's like prepared and like, oh, as an audience member, you're like, dude, this dude's nuts. But they don't he's see it yet. In. And then soon as um. Uh, they get that call that that there's a you know there's another call or whatever and they go to the cop and like hey you know park it for the end of the night or whatever and then you see kind of Tom like kind of putting that gun back and mm-hmm. like all right serial killer face off that was actually that was good acting oh yeah he is dialed in man yeah, this is one of my favorite performances by Tom Cruise yeah it it really is so well, my 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 last favorite scene that I have is when Max is uh so once once when Max when the officer tries to arrest Max mm-hmm. and he gets he gets free and and he gets the officer's gun and you know tie wraps the officer handcuffs the officer and or tie wraps him and proceeds to 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 run and he he calls Annie no he doesn't have a cell phone yet sorry it's him going to the guy seeing the guy. Uh, outside of the, the hotel or whatever with his cell phone and Max runs and just grabs his phone from him. The guy's like, hey! And Max just points the gun at him. And the guy's like, ah! That guy's like running for his life. <laughs> and just Max is like just going to this totally different zone. Just a man, mm-hmm. a, a decisive man of action trying to save, trying to save the girl. Yep. You know, like nothing's going to stop me. No one's going to get in my way. I don't, I don't need a cab to do yeah. this. My this feet are just fine. That's right. This is all me, and I'm going to do it. How convenient is that for that building to be kind of close by? Just That's saying. very convenient. In, in, in L.A. Right. We got any trivia? Again, the, the story takes place, I mentioned earlier, I said like between six to eight hours. It actually takes place over the course of ten hours. Okay. Uh, originally, this screenplay uh, was in New York City and involved the Russian Mafia. I yeah. think California as a backdrop is uh, it's better. You know, we've seen these kind of New York killing films before but the way that he shoots it with the la backdrops great agreed agreed and a smart way to just i already live here so why not just shoot it hey hey hey. uh tom trained for three months with uh sheriffs and again i was actually learned how to shoot live ammunition man it's uh it's always great to see the the actors become you know having the budget and being able to become these characters we see that now all the time with john wick and uh, just Keanu Reeves in general. So it's always beautiful to see it on screen. Like, this is a real thing. We could do a long shot because this person is actually, they're actually doing this thing. That's a great point. One last little trivia that I had was just um, uh, Michael Mann talks about when somebody's like has this super concentration and then they're being interrupted while they're, especially actors, when they, they're focused on th- being this character or whatever the scene is, whenever they're interrupted, a lot of times it can like erupt into like anger and just lashing out at somebody. And um, it's it's not personal, but it's just like that zoning in of like just pure focus. And the character in the jazz scene kind of talks about that with Miles Davis, how he could be that way when he was like kind of tuned in on his playing his instrument. 
Mm. Made me think about uh, Batman. What's his name? Christian Bale? Yeah, going off on somebody. Oh, and that boom mic operator? Yeah. Nice, nice. A couple other quick pieces of trivia. Uh, so the the there's two club scenes, but the... Uh, like maybe three club scenes. There's a jazz club scene. Mm-hmm. There's an Asian um, club. Yeah, so the Asian club scene. They, they were about, from, if I heard Michael Mann right, there were like eight to 900 Korean extras that they used in that large club scene. Wow. So, yeah. Then I'll come back to that during the uh, the tips. Uh, real officers were used in several of the scenes. Michael mm-hmm. Mann has a, has a couple of different uh, police officers that he works with and some who come in and, and can do scenes. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Jamie Foxx trained on a racetrack with the Crown Victoria <laughs> to just get used to handling that. And Michael Mann and his family actually come from a, a line of, of cab drivers. Yeah, how about multiple, that? multiple people in his family. Dad, maybe his brother, even. I think he himself actually at a point uh, drove a cab. Filmmaker tips. <laughs> when uh, what you got, man, for filmmaker tips? What you um, got? What we've been talking about the whole time: build the lives of your characters. You yeah, know, giving them a fleshed out backstory will help your actors be able to dive in, be able to find their motivations, and inform their actions, their reactions, and their dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you know, your mom carried you in her womb for nine months. Um, just mm-hmm. beginning to understand why he would say that, how evocative that is, and just. Everything comes back from their motivations and the lives these characters, the characters have lived. I think it's important. Um, and Tom Cruise says, like, Michael Mann's overprepared. And usually that's my job as an actor. That's what he said in the behind the scenes. Like, that's my job, mm-hmm. you know, but he already has it prepared. So if you're a director that's developing some of these backdrops, um, it allows you to have more control so that you know kind of like, the motivation of the actors and you can uh, communicate to the actors what their motivation is and their backstories. Tarantino's great at that, having so much information about the background that they can act off of that, even though us as an audience don't know what that is. You know, they, we haven't been communicated to that, you know, Tom Cruise died, you know, his mom died during childbirth. Um, but we feel it some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, man, when you are shooting a story that happens in one night or day, the changes that happen to the wardrobe throughout the story are very important. Yep. We see uh, when uh, Max is helping Anne. Is it Anne or Annie? Annie. When he's helping her out you and he shoots uh, Vince like, in the face, like grazes his face, you see his suit for the first time is bloody. There's like a rip on his right shoulder in the back. There's a rip on his jacket, and you can see he's... he's all right, he's this is getting closer to the end. Visually, you're seeing closer to the end. Mark Ruffalo, again, just more preparation for his role. He actually spent time with a real detective by the name of Q, mm-hmm. um, who kind of had his own style and, and, and things like that. But uh, again, Michael Mann just putting his actors in a place to succeed and often often utilizing re- utilizing real contacts that he has within you know police force or other armed forces or um, other elements and other true. Groups. Uh, Michael Mann's approach, um, he, he said he must be able to communicate what's going on in the scene through action. And one of the scenes that he talks about this is um, when Vincent is in the back of the cab, like, what is Vincent doing? You know, he's um, going through his laptop. He's talking to Max. And basically what he's trying to do, he's trying to manage Max. Mm-hmm. And Michael Mann is saying that he communicates this uh, through action. You know, what are the characters doing? So back to that, the, the, the club scene with the, the eight, to, eight to 900 Korean extras. Um, they were on set for five days wow. to 12 to 14 hours uh, each day and having to be in a frenzy. 
because right there's a, a shooting, you yeah. know, shootings that are happening. And so being able to manage that, uh, to plan that out, to have all those people there, to have the waivers that are necessary, and to, to work 12 to 14 hours with all those people, having a, 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 enough of um, a budget to, you know, to feed those people, um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. So just, you know, plan, 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 and have the right people in place to help you with that planning because that's – that's something that one person could do by themselves. $65 million budget. Boom. Having a little style. One thing I noticed about Michael Mann's style was in the movie Heat. Well, in this film, we see Tom Cruise. He's um, at the jazz uh, bar and he kind of has his glance. He like looks to the right. He like tries to see who's in the kitchen right before he shoots this guy. He has a, one last glance because uh, the waitress goes into the kitchen and moves to the right. And so he kind of look while the uh, guy is talking, he like, kind of looks to the right. He's like, I'm about to shoot this. You can tell that he's about Mm. to shoot this guy. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Just by that glance. And in the movie Heat, we have Tom Seasmore, who does that same glance because uh, Robert De Niro, like, slaps the guy. Uh, I think he, like, slams up against the glass or on the table. I can't remember. Uh, But Robert De Niro does that because he messed up during that robbery by shooting those cops. Right. And um, when he does it, Tom Seasmore kind of does that glance. He looks to the right, and he's kind of giving a glance to any patrons, like, Mind your business. Yeah, you didn't see anything. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't see. Nothing. So I saw that connect. I was like, oh, he did. He's done this shot before. Mm, very nice. Very nice. Uh, my last bit of trivia was um, that the cab that when Jamie flips it over that cab, it was actually it was weighted and it was uh, set to to flip multiple times, and they did that shot three times. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he um, they did that three times, but. He thought it was like too, I don't know, he said kinetic or something. That's right. That's uh-huh. right. And like that first time it flipped over was the one. It was just one that's and the done. One they went with. Yeah. There was something about once they got in the post, they, it, it seemed, he thought it was going to be like too, too violent maybe. Yeah. But once violent. they got in the post and saw it, and they saw that it, it worked, it worked fine. And once mm-hmm. you added in the, you know, your, your Foley, uh, it was mm-hmm. good to go. Rock and roll. Anything else? That's, that's it, man. Next time, what are we watching? We will be diving into Mario Puzo's. The Godfather 2. <laughs> Going to dive back in. Um, and where can they catch us? You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. You can also like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Filmmaker Commentary. If there is a, a movie you'd like to uh, recommend for us to check out, number one, please make sure it has commentary. Uh, and uh, yeah, let us know. And uh, let us know what you think about this episode. And um, if you've seen the movie Collateral and what your thoughts are. Yes. Um, if you'd like to contact Reginald Titus, you can do so at Twitter, simply at Reggie Titus. Also at Instagram at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. You can find me on both Instagram and Twitter, simply at Casey G. Smith. 32. Until next time, peace. Respect. Respect.